0: Hey, it's Greg. Thanks for listening to Toronto Today. We always appreciate it. So let's talk about where we're going with masks. Let's talk about where we're going with mandates. Masks were deemed optional for planes and trains in Canada. We're the last, one of the last countries on the planet to do this. And some of it was under the guise of keeping us safe. Some of it was under the guise of following the science. But let's find out what Dr. Suman Chakrabarty thinks about this. Straight shooter all the way through this pandemic. We've leaned on him heavily. We've left him alone for a few months in a row. But when it comes to a big story like this, I want to know what he's thinking. So we did that on Toronto Today this morning. Tell us what you saw yesterday, Dr. and and the mask question. I think that's the one thing that hadn't leaked out, probably by design. I think the government looks like like good guys and girls for letting it go at, at a certain point in time that seems to be what the majority of public wanted but did it surprise you
1: yeah so it, it, it uh, took me by surprise only in that the fact that it happened uh, you know there were warning signs or you know signs that in general that this is going to be dropped at some point and I really wanted to see it to believe it and when it happened, I was pleasantly surprised. I think this is the right move. It's I think it's way too late. It should have been done a long time before this. But look, I think moving forward, we're, we're past the emergency phase of the pandemic, and this was definitely the right move.
0: The mask surprised people, and that was the part that was kept under wraps, that there's not going to be mandatory masking on via rail trains or on domestic flights. Um, But we'd seen real world data from the United States. The states did this at the start of April. Um, There were some people happy. There were some the usual. Well, the sky is going to fall out. There'll be all these infections. There'll be all these workplace absences in the US. And that didn't happen. We've seen real world data from Europe uh, that 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 indicates the same. But but I get it. Everybody is their own entity. And there was naturally a, a mixed reaction towards masking being dropped, even though you're in an environment on an airplane where anybody I've seen it happen in my one flight can lift the mask up and down, leave it off for, you know, an hour at a time. It feels like to eat a tiny meal or sip on a diet Coke. So, you know, there it's not like a real mandated process when you're actually on those airplanes anyway.
1: It is very true. I think that it was nothing more than theater at, at, at that point. And if you think about it, you know, what was I think the biggest move that we made is when we dropped the community mask mandate period which was back in uh, i think march march the 21st i actually remember the date exactly because i threw my mask off that day and never put it back on in, in unless i had to in a mandated area but the point is i think that you know that was something that was on a much broader scale and you know in air travel uh, for the exact reasons you mentioned i don't think it was doing anything and look i think in general uh masks don't have a huge impact on community transmission at, at the population level uh and uh, you know that's something that was uh was was known even before the pandemic. I'm not to say that there aren't certain situations uh, that you can use it to, for it to help. But I think that it was high time for these things to go on, on the federal level. And I'm, and I'm glad again, I'm glad to see that it happened.
0: Dr. Suman Chakrabarty is our guest on Toronto Today on 640 Toronto. That was the only, the only struggle for me was in the announcement is the notion that, well, we just we found it difficult to enforce and we couldn't get, you know, the flight attendants and the people that work, uh, you know, th- th- that are working hard to enforce. And I'm thinking. Well, that hasn't probably changed from two months ago to four months ago to six months ago. So there's nothing there's nothing scientific about that answer or data based as an off ramp. That's just that's just human behavior. So I didn't love the idea that, well, it would still be the right thing to do, but oh, we just can't get people to do it. I think that leaves a little bit of an opening for critics of dropping it to say you don't have data backing it, but there is data backing. it.
1: There, there is. And there's lots of data that, uh, you know, has accumulated over time. And let's not forget data we had before the pandemic, uh, about masks and uh, transmission in the community. And when you put it all together, you know, like on a, on a population level, as I mentioned, it doesn't make a big impact. And the other thing I think is, you know, we have to remember, there's, a, there's the idea of, you know, the evidence behind something, and then a, a health related policy. And, you know, when you give a policy, and it's not working, because you're seeing it, oh, look, the people aren't, you know, doing it properly. Well, then and that's not because it's the, anything, the fault of the people. It's not a really good policy. It's not one that's pragmatic health policy has to be for the most part something that's pragmatic Uh, and I think uh, in this case look you know we've been lifting sequentially more and more restrictions over the past six months and the sky hasn't fallen because again this is not a static virus things have changed over time we're no longer an immune naive population whether it's from vaccination uh, uh, infection or both uh, and uh, the the virus itself has changed Uh, so I think Mm -hmm. uh, we have to change along with it.
0: I mentioned three things earlier yesterday that I thought have been done really poorly in Canada. Um, you can disagree with any of these three or, or document one that really jumps out to you. I said, tell people that they're very safe outdoors. And we haven't done a good job of that. Either governments or public health officials who were we at one point were hanging on every word they say. We haven't done that. We haven't told them they're really safe outside. We haven't told people cloth masks. Are close to useless, and we haven't said these are the masks specifically we should use. We're saying use the best mask, but we're not telling them uh the cloth's not very protective, especially when they get damp. And I'd say let's go back to the vaccines. We really, we've really done a lousy job for a long time now. But the age demographic that benefits from boosters the most—not just hey, everybody go out and get your shot. Even the prime minister, when he says hey, everyone, make sure you're up to date. That falls on deaf ears. But if you say from this age group on, this is the percentage that that isn't up to date and you need to be blah, blah, blah. Those three things, I think just I don't think those are complicated things. Somebody like me without a medical background can come up with them.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that uh, a lot of what we have seen is a one size fits all recommendation for everybody. You know, uh, I agree. It was, it was very difficult, especially I think from on the federal level to hear uh, a point we did hear occasional. Um, notes that things have gotten better, but then it was always couched with, but be careful, wash your hands, put your mask on, et cetera, et cetera. I never at any one point heard some good transitional language to say that, look, things are safer. It's now time to uh, move to the next stage where, you know, uh, masking everywhere might not be necessary, uh, you know, at all times, you know, uh, if you've been gotten two doses and you're otherwise young and healthy, you know, you're protected against severe disease, all these types of things. Uh, And I think that's a very, very good point you make about the vaccine is that at this point, now look at in 2021, we didn't know this, we were in an emergency phase, we knew on some level, we had to get do it uh, by age bracket, which is Mm -hmm. what we did, and other high risk groups. But now we're out of the emergency phase, we have time for us to look at this make decisions. And it's very, very clear since essentially, the the, you know, the beginning of the pandemic, there's a massive age gradient here. And it's important for us to focus our protections on the places that uh, are the highest risk for severe outcomes.
0: Dr. Suman Chakrabarty is kind enough to join us on Toronto Today with Greg Brady on 640 Toronto. I want to ask you about um, the new bivalent back vaccine that's available in Ontario. But I want to ask you first, because I don't think we had uh, in the last few months, when the pediatric vaccines came out for five and under, um, you might have been one of the, the several people I asked. And I said, where do you think the percentage is going to be? And I, I didn't find somebody that was willing to go over, you know, 15, 16%. Right now, uh, it's at barely five percent, and it's been around for close to two months now. So that's one out of twenty parents saying, uh, "I'll do it," and maybe they have good reason to do it based on advice from their doctor. Um, but this this looks like a little bit of a, a of a flop. I'm glad it's available to everybody, but I I'm shocked that people you know made it the the story that it was that this this is sort of the the final step where we'll get every human being possible vaccinated and then we'll all move on. And we just know too much by now to know that was going to be the case.
1: Yeah, it, it's a good point. And I think that, I, first of all, I agree with what you said. I'm glad that the vaccine is available for people that want it, uh, people who want it. And, you know, I also uh, am uh, in favor of how Nassie put it. You know, nobody should be, uh, put, uh, you know, uh, discriminated against mm. whether they choose to get it. Or not. Uh, But you know, what we found again, during the pandemic is that there was a very, very steep age gradient with this. And for the most part, especially with Omicron, when MISC was vanishingly rare, you know, the risk of severe outcomes with the the virus were very, very rare. And you know, when we know that the virus, the, the vaccine at this point, pretty much the only thing that it was really good at doing was preventing severe disease, which is a big thing, don't get me wrong, Children and even adolescents were at such low risk for it. I think later on, that's why we saw a very low uptake. And especially, let's not forget, by the time the vaccine came out, so many people already had had COVID and they saw, oh, this was a very mild thing. Uh, And that's why as part of the reason I think that the, the uptake was so low.
0: Dr. Sumon Chakrabarty. always enjoy our chats, uh, and uh, we'll have uh, we'll have Dr. Chakrabarty on again certainly uh, within the next couple of weeks, and we'll and we'll see how it's going. Look, I get it. Um, every new step along the way, there's been hesitancy, there's been concern, and we got to be patient. Not everybody is traveling at the same speed. Not everybody has the same perspective. Not everybody's got the same health situation or the same home circumstances. Now. When we locked people down, we forgot about that also, that not everybody has those same circumstances. The pandemic was just fine for some, fine for some kids to, you know, go to virtual schooling, fine for some people to keep making money, fine to order takeout three times a week. It wasn't for others. It wasn't for others. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does.